Stress Nanny Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Miller, and I'm delighted that you're here. Last week, we talked about stress. We talked about it from the perspective of the immune system and how a lot of times we can strengthen our immune system by decreasing either the number or severity of stressors in our lives or by increasing our resilience to stress. I got some great questions this week, and I'd love to address those now. One of the things I was asked was, Lindsay, what was the first thing you changed in terms of decreasing stress? And it's such a good question because there are always a lot of things we could look at, right? In terms of like the commitments that we have on our plate right now, balancing our priorities. It can be really challenging when we make that list of the things that stress us out to know which things we can say no to and which things, you know, need to be there. And a lot of times we feel like a level of guilt or um, some sort of remorse around saying no, either because maybe our personality or our perception of ourself is tied to an identity like being a helper or always being someone that people can count on or always being there. Things like that can make it hard for us to start to say no and make a shift. So one of the things, the first things that I had to learn to do was learning to say no. I was always a yes person. I would say yes to watching other people's kids, taking someone dinner, helping out with something, volunteering here or there, being in charge of this or that. And while those things are really fulfilling and wonderful, the amount that I was doing them and the number of things that I was committing to was more than I had time in a day to manage. And so what I would end up doing is staying up really late, managing those things in the hours when sleep would have been a better choice for me. Um, so it wasn't unusual for me to stay up till midnight, two in the morning. Like I felt like if I was in bed by midnight, that was like a decent, you know, bedtime. Um, one or two felt kind of late, but those were really normal hours for me to keep. And it wasn't until, yeah, my health really took a turn that I had to get clear on the fact that I actually only have about 16 hours in the day that I can say yes to something. Um, I can't fudge those other eight hours where I need to be asleep. And so when I started to come to terms with that, it was natural that there were things that I had to say no to that I used to say yes to. And saying no can be one of the most challenging things to learn because we do have to shift a lot of things. We shift our perception of ourselves. We shift the place that we occupy in relationships. Those can be close relationships or acquaintances. We also shift like our capacity for like output. So if we're a super productive person or we have a really like go-getter personality, we often pride ourselves on the amount that we can accomplish and get done, right? But when we scale that back, it can feel like we're sacrificing productivity and it can feel like we're not as valuable or, you know, that we're less than we used to be. I also know that in some instances it can feel lazy and I felt that way sometimes too when I was saying no to things, especially volunteer commitments that people were asking me to be a part of. I love volunteering and I think it's fantastic. And so it was hard for me to say, 
I don't have the capacity for that right now. Or as much as I would love to, I have a full plate and taking on one more thing just won't work for me right now. And so that was the first thing I had to learn was how to say no. And it was hard. One of the things that I hope that I got good at, one of the things I really tried to practice was compassionately saying no so that I could um, express regard for someone while at the same time honoring my own limitations. And I came to see those limitations as a gift, not as something that made me like they weren't a weakness to me. It wasn't something that made me a deficient person that just, it just, it was a limitation. Like I couldn't, I couldn't sacrifice those hours of sleep anymore. And so getting clear with people on the fact that you still value them, even if you can't interact or relate or serve them in the same way that you used to is really important. And so oftentimes you can applaud what they're doing. So I might say to someone, I really love that you're doing that. And I'm so grateful for the way you're making a difference. I'm not in a position to participate right now, but I hope it goes really well. Or that opportunity is something that I really would love, but at this time, it's not a good fit for me. Or I really appreciate you thinking of me, and I'm so honored that you would invite me to take that position, but I don't have the capacity to support you or offer my insights in a way that um, I want to. And so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give you like the second best version of me. So I'm gonna have to say no this time. Um, One of the things that I also got used to was other people's responses. Sometimes when I would say those things, even if I was trying to be as complimentary or as compassionate or as kind about saying no as possible, I would still get people who would make a funny face or they would, you know, kind of maybe shift their perception of me. And I did have to reconcile myself to the fact that I was no longer the person that always said yes. And I didn't realize how closely that was tethered to my identity at the time. Like I was used to getting feedback like, Lindsay, I can always count on you. Or Lindsay, you always are there. I can, you're always coming through. And while I still hope that I showed up consistently for people when they needed me, I wasn't always, always there. Like I would sometimes just pull back and I wasn't, I was no longer the person that everyone could count on all of the time because it turned out that holding that role for that many people wasn't sustainable for my physiology. And so I had to come to terms with that mentally after my body screamed it to me (laughs) Um, functionally, like my body broke and I couldn't show up for people anymore. I couldn't even show up for my family who, um, you know, I love and value that role that I play in our home. And so when I realized that saying yes in all those places meant saying no at home because my body seriously broke and I was feeling so ill that I couldn't show up, you know, even to the dinner table, then I knew, you know, that that shift needed to be made. And so at that point, when things got that bad, I was willing to let go of that role and let go of being the person that always said yes. Now, um, my invitation to you is to do that a little bit sooner. Although if you need to take it as far as I did and wait until you're like asleep on the couch because you have a headache and you're dizzy and you're not sure what to do with yourself. And so your family's eating dinner while you're laying on the couch miserable. If you get to that point, like you're in good company and I totally can relate. If you can pause before then and just start kind of thinning 
the things you say yes to, I think you will find like a huge benefit in that. I want to tell a brief story in terms of thinning. When we had our peach trees in Texas, they every year would put out like a copious amount of peaches, right? We would have enough to share with neighbors and friends. And they were just these um, just really prolific trees. And there were a few years when I didn't thin them, just like there were those years I didn't prune. I didn't thin the peaches. And when you thin the peach tree, what happens is you look at each branch and you look at where there's that tiny little peach growing. And if there are too many peaches close together, you pull two. So like if there are three growing right within an inch or two of each other, you pull two of them. And then you just leave the one to grow. Now the tree naturally thins itself at one point in the growing season. But after that, um, as a caretaker of the tree... It was my responsibility to go through branch by branch and note how much capacity that branch had for growing peaches. Because what happens when a tree branch gets overladen with peaches is the branch can A, break. Um, The weight of the peaches can be too much. And so the branch can break and then you lose all the peaches. Um, another thing that can happen is you can get really small peaches. So you might have a whole bunch of peaches, but they're super tiny, or you might have a lot of peaches, but they aren't maybe as sweet. The thing about the tree is that based on its roots, it has a certain amount of energy that it can send up through its branches, right? And there's a certain amount of sunlight it can get every day, a certain, you know, we would water it, but it would be able to support like a certain amount of growth. And I didn't ever berate the peach tree for not being able to like fully grow every single one of those peaches, right? Like I just would understand that the tree has a certain capacity and I needed to kind of refine what I was asking it to do by pulling some of the peaches and letting it focus its energy on growing the best ones, the ones that were, you know, well-spaced and the ones that I thought had the best chance of turning into a beautiful peach. And so each year when I would go through, yeah, branch by branch, and it's a time-consuming process thinning. You have to look at the tree like overall and kind of note where it has a lot of strength in terms of its branches. And then you look at each little stem and do the same thing. And so if we compare that to life and the process of kind of thinning our commitments, we can think of ourselves a bit like the tree, right? Like we have a finite amount of energy. Um, and while like the spirit in us knows no bounds and is feels so limitless, part of our work right now is to inhabit a body, right? Like we have a body that does have limits and does have physical like capacities that we have to honor. And so the need for sleep, the need for rejuvenation, the need for hydration, like all of those things are just part and parcel of having a body. And so when we take them into account, when we're looking at thinning our commitments, it only makes sense that we would look at our capacity. We look at the ways that we can function well, and we look at the things that we're trying to do. And then we go through and we thin, you know, maybe two thirds of the endeavors that we have or the commitments that we have. We look at the ones that are the most promising, the ones that are going to be the most like efficient ones for us to be a part of, 
the ones that are going to be the most meaningful for us to be a part of. And when we make those kinds of determinations, we start to say no to some of the other ones that are really great, but are just not essential. And it can, like I said, be challenging at first, but just like the process of thinning the peach tree, over time, you get good at kind of just eyeballing a branch and then seeing what needs to go. You look at it, you look at the strength, you look at the direction that everything's growing, and then you know which peaches to pull. And you gently pull them and, you know, you let them go. And so life can be kind of like that too. Once we get good at living within the limit of the body, we're able to know what is a good use of our energy and what is maybe not. And while sometimes it can be confusing and hard and sad because we wish we could give our energy and time and attention to everyone everywhere, we also become better acquainted with our own gifts. We're able to know like where putting our attention and our time and our talents really has the most impact. And those are the places that we focus it. So just like we pull the other small peaches to let that one peach grow big and healthy and sweet, we also just kind of pull back our energy in some of the areas where we're using it at the time in order to focus it in areas that are going to yield the most result and be the most aligned with both our values, but also like our life's work, the reason that we're here, you know, the gifts that we have those can help point us in the right direction when it comes to thinning our priorities because we can look at <clears throat> the ways that we're specifically primed to make a difference and make sure that our energy goes there and then see what kind of energy we have for other things. But if you have made a list, you can kind of prioritize it in that way. Like maybe every, you know, however many things you have on that list, every third thing can be like a high priority and then the other two may need to go. So as you're looking through it, I would encourage you to just be gentle with yourself and your perception of your ability and maybe withhold judgment for a time around what a productive life looks like or what a lazy person looks like. Or when you when you start to pull back, you may have to sit in a bit of your own judgment, like judgments you've thrown on other people, which I had to do frequently. When I, um, when I first started saying no, because I was so uh, such a yes person, a lot of times I would get frustrated with the people who had boundaries and said no. And so when I started saying no, I had to reassess my judgment of those people. And it was humbling and good for me to do that, to realize like, oh, it's actually just they have boundaries and they know their limits and they honor their limits and they know how to live within them. And that's why they're saying no. And so just be be patient with yourself. If you can meditate during that time, it can help you to kind of process some of the things that are going to come up as you naturally start to shift what you say yes to and what you say no to. It's going to um, affect a shift in your identity a little bit. And so meditation can help you process those thoughts and process like your reactions in those moments. But in all of it, just being patient with yourself is so important because there will likely be times when you spend energy and realize that maybe it was something that should have been on the thinning list and other times when perhaps you'll thin something and realize that it was actually a, a good use of energy. And so there's not going to be perfection in the process. 
the idea is that it is a process and you start to engage with it from this place of curiosity and from the place of, you know, a desire to attune to the pathway forward for you that is sustainable. Now, in terms of building resilience, that was also a question I got this week. And the thing that I did to build the most resilience was starting to sleep more. So those two things went hand in hand. I, like I mentioned, would go to bed pretty late, like in the neighborhood of midnight, 1, one thirty, consistently. And that took a toll on not only my body, but also my understanding of what a good night's sleep looked and felt like. I felt like if I was in bed before midnight, that was what well-rested meant. And when I started the autoimmune protocol, I, she would say to go to bed like before nine. And so I, it was so hard for me to think like I just lost four hours of my day, you know, because I was suddenly like working with this day that was really shortened. And I was usually getting a bunch of stuff done at night and really really being productive. And so I did feel a little bit lazy and it did feel indulgent to go to bed that early. There were some nights I would go to bed between 8 and 8.30. Like I would put my daughter to bed and then I would head off to bed. And I remember feeling, yeah, like those were indulgences at the time. What was interesting though is that over a stretch of probably a few months, as my body started to work from a place of less depletion, I realized how exhausted I was. Um, And going to sleep early was really just like, I mean, if I had gone to sleep, say at 10, then I was really only getting like an hour or an hour and a half more sleep by going to bed at 8 or 8.30. But the fact that I was adding like four to five to six hours of sleep to my night by going to bed that early made such a huge difference that I realized, yeah, just how much I was asking my body to do on such little restoration time. So while initially it felt a little indulgent, it only took a little while for me to realize that it was actually more um, functional and effective than me staying up late because the kind of morning that I could have when I went to bed early was a morning where I felt refreshed. I felt ready to face the stress of the day. I felt ready to engage with my family from this place of deep rest instead of exhaustion. And if you had told me that was possible, I probably wouldn't have believed you. It wouldn't have, I would have just taken for granted that motherhood is hard and that family life is hard and there's always exhaustion and it will never be like a a rejuvenating practice. Um, And while I recognize that my family situation is different than some where I have one child and one husband and I have um, some opportunities for rest that are different than some people with more children, I do think that there's so much to be said for prioritizing sleep and making it um, something that you don't just give away freely. We can give away a lot of things as humans or as mothers and As we are able to not give away our sleep, we are able to give away so many other things in other areas of our life that it's really a trade-off that leaves us in, in a good place. So because I started getting sleep, I could offer more patience. 
because I started getting more sleep, I could offer more creativity. I could offer more energy. I was more playful and fun to be around. Um, I get pretty cranky when I'm not well rested. And that was just kind of like my normal operating personality. I would just be kind of cranky and frustrated and short tempered. And that would just be the way that I thought, you know, life was because it was hard and stressful. But when I got some sleep, I realized how much easier it was to just be gentle with myself, with other people. And so while initially the process of saying no and getting more sleep may seem like laziness or may seem like you're really having to trade off a lot um, of your personality or a lot of the things that you value, like being able to be helpful and always super productive, over time you'll realize a shift where you're actually more efficient, more productive because you're rested because you're not at your wit's end all the time. You have so much more to offer. So while it takes a little bit for that to balance itself out, um, a lot of times the body is in such dire need of rest that it takes a while for it to get enough that it can start to operate from a more balanced place. That that balance does come. And then the flip side is so beautiful because you know what it feels like to be rested you know what it feels like to come at life from like a place of energy and a place of deep rejuvenating rest and you can just live much more fully. We're not reliant so much on sugar or other things to kind of get us through the day, but we're able to get through the day based on the rest that we've gotten the night before. And again, if you'd told me that uh, before I started, I would have probably laughed at you, <laughs> but but having gone through the process, uh, it's something I encourage people in my courses in, you know, just in my interactions, but I encourage them to just know what it feels like to be well rested. And if right now while I'm recording, it's during coronavirus, um, and a lot of us are on quarantine still, if right now you've been able to connect with that feeling of rejuvenation, I'm so grateful that you have, you know, that you've taken the time to rest and to settle because a lot of times we just keep going on autopilot and we think that we have to feel exhausted all the time, but it's just not the case. So those were the places that I started. And one of the reasons that I started there was because in order for me to undertake the other parts of my journey, I had to feel rested because there was some hard stuff coming up. And so just starting with rest gives you a level of resilience to kind of face the other stresses that just come as a result of any healing journey. But if you if you can look at it from the perspective of investment and think of that rest as an investment in your time, an investment in your energy, and really just that process of discernment, like the thinning, discerning where you are really essential and recognizing that you may be in a phase of life where you need to take some time to step back a little bit and to kind of strengthen yourself before you engage again. If you can invite yourself to that perspective, it can make the transition a little bit easier and the thinning process can go a little bit easier if you think that for now, this is what this needs to look like. But I'd love to hear from you if you have any questions or if you have any comments about thinning, um, please feel free to reach out. And in the meantime, I wanted to mention that I have a mindful wellness course going right now that you're welcome to. I wanted to create a low cost option for people who just need a little bit of support on their wellness journey. So we meet once a week 
and you're welcome to reach out about that. In the meantime, I hope you can thin a few things, or if you've thinned a few things during this coronavirus quarantine period, that you're intentional about what you put back, and that you look at it from the perspective of integrity with your energy, and looking at really how much you can do reasonably, how much you can do and feel rested, how much you can do and still live according to your values, giving time to the people and the opportunities and activities that are the most important to you, and then be intentional in what you add back if you've had the chance to to pull back right now and take a few things out of your out of your routine. So until next time, here's to thinning. Mm-hmm.